Blog Talk Radio. I just wonder if people are ever going to figure out that the reason we talk before the show starts is because we're basically letting the intro load up so we don't end up uh, screwing it up like like seems to happen. Welcome to Wide Men Can't Jump. Joining me as always, I'm Nate, and uh, here's Tim from the Great White North. Good day, hosers. Good day indeed, my friend. So, yeah, we kind of gave it away. That's why we do it. But uh, this is episode 105. Don't take edibles from strangers. <laughs> Good Lord. More on that later. But if you have taken an edible from a stranger, you need to contact Stephen P. New, law offices at newlawoffice.com. And you could sue their ass for giving you an edible. That's well, what I tell you. Contact new law offices. Only if it's an unknown edible or not as described by the vendor. Absolutely. Let's hear more from Stephen P. New Law Offices. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again, get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. And again, thanks to the law offices of Stephen P. New. And hey, Tim, what do you say? Let's try that. Uh, you want to try that intro? That's a pretty hot intro. Give it a go. Let's try that intro, shall we? You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, stripcamfun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, located at facebook.com backslash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, as well as at Stay Classy Meets at stayclassymeets.com, where you can use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. This show talks about NBA and covers all topics from all 30 teams in the league and includes guests from experts from all over the world. Make sure you're downloading us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and more. Be sure to join in on the fun over at WideMenCan'tJump.com as well as on our Facebook group, Wide Men Can't Jump, and follow us on Twitter at Wide Jump. Now, let's go to the flagship program of this Wide Men Radio Network. Here's Wide Men Can't Jump. Well, it is Wide Men Can't Jump, and the Bogus Report has made it all the way to Detroit. 
got to lose your mind. It's Detroit Rock City, Tim. Cecil sent this in. What what do you what have you heard? Have you heard any rumors? Uh, I have heard that uh, this report is in fact um, a compilation because the events got uh, well. I don't want to give anything away, but All right. things, well, things went crazy, and this this has been uh, after the fact to uh, make some sense of the timeline in uh, the events. Well. All right, let's see what's going on. It's Detroit. It's Bogus. Welcome to this report from Wide Men Can't Jump. The following report has been spliced together over the course of a day and presented to you now uh, to try to give you an accurate assessment of what happened at today's uh, event. We take you now to this report from Cecil B. Buxnot. Well, people, I don't know what to say. As usual, things have run off the rails here in Detroit. We never got anywhere near a concession stand, but let me tell you what a celebrity game was played today. Of course, there was mention that there wasn't going to be a celebrity game, but due to uh, pressure from the Chinese, uh, Commissioner Silver uh, relented. Um, Reporters are... Stories are being filed left and right. Every major news outlet, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, all the sports people are here. Um, of course, everyone knows about the malice at the Palace. Uh, of course, the Palace of Auburn Hills no longer in existence. Uh, what we had today in Detroit was what uh, this reporter has t- called uh, the seizure at Little Caesars. Uh, it's unbelievable events. Um, probably one of the greatest, greatest uh uh, exhibitions of basketball ever played in the history of mankind. Uh, we're going to roll back the tape uh, to show you uh, what happened uh, or what we believe happened uh, to get to this point. Uh, we're going to start it off with the introductions of the players and then, uh, well, a tiny bit of description of what happened in the game uh, based together, cobbled together from reports. And uh, then we're going to get a. Uh, We'll we'll wrap it all up at the end of that, and we'll see where things end up. Uh, Anyway, uh, here we go. Uh, We're going to go to the tape of the live introductions uh, of the the lineups. Hello, everyone. I am your queen. And tonight, I will give you the starting lineups for the Wide Men Can't Jump Celebrity Basketball Team. At forward... From Subway University, he's number 47 and he leads the team in points with an average of 67 from Shinston, Virginia, Ed the Shinston Sankhopagis, Bogus, Bogus. At guard, he's number 29, he hails from Logan, West Virginia. He's a graduate of the Snoop Dogg Pharmacy School. He's the, leads the team in three-pointers. He's Nate Ninja Bush, 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 no relation to Kate Bush. At center, he's number 21. He too hails from the great state of West Virginia. He leads the team in blocks. He's number 21. He's Nick, almost a Canadian, Hauser Hoff. At the second guard position, 
He leads the country of America in convictions. He is a graduate of Marshall University. He is also a West Virginia native. He's number 23 for obvious reasons. He's your friend. He's my friend too. He's Stephen P. Noonan. Oh God, not Steve. <laughs> and at the second forward position, he is my loyal subject. He, of course, is a graduate of the School of Advanced Snow Shoveling. He leads the team in assists. He's number 52. He's the Canadian assassin. Timmy D. 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 And of course, the sixth man for the one man can't jump team. He is a native of California. By way of Mexico, I believe. And if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, Armando. Oh, no. He's a graduate of the James Harden School of Flopping. He's number 42. He leads the team in fouls. He is, of course, Armando the Hands of Stone Martinez. He can become a member of the British Commonwealth any time he likes. The bad is that the white men can't jump. Team. Good evening, everyone. I'm waving like the Queen waves. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway. Goodness gracious. And to announce the lineup for the Detroit Pistons, please welcome Detroit Pistons. I'm sorry, a, a, a logical slip. From the Detroit Celebrity Pistons, our guest, Rick Moranis. <laughs> uh, good day, eh? Uh, starting for the uh, Detroit Pistons, eh, is uh, Sergeant uh, Slaughter, eh? And up next is today, eh, uh, Eric Bischoff, eh? What a hoser. Uh, also on the team is uh, Jalen Rose. Uh, I think I seen him wearing a toque the other day. Uh, Chris oh, Weber. No. Uh, I don't know who he is. Uh, Tom Scare. Yeah, ooh, ooh. Tom Cruise movie. Yeah. Uh, James Parker, uh, Ghostbuster Juniors. Uh, you know him. Uh, BJ Armstrong. <laughs> BJ, I said BJ. Uh, Judy Greer, of course, who I love. Uh, me some Judy Greer. Uh, of course, you realize I'm Rick Moranis. I do all kinds of voices, not just uh, from the Great White North. Um, exhibit from the uh, uh, Pimp My Ride fame, uh, Marcus Pfizer, and uh, Rockwell. That is the uh, team of uh, celebrities. Uh, did I say Bill Lambier? Bill Lambier. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. Good day. Jesus. <laughs> all right, I'm Cecil B. Boxnard here, and uh, a little bit of... Uh, Pre-game uh, statistics for you. Uh, first up, uh, just a quick mention that the Detroit Pistons make some strange uh, draft picks. I must say, uh, they drafted uh, Don McLean. Uh, geez, I always thought he was a singer. Uh, and then, keeping in that mold, they they, they they drafted Prince. I didn't know Prince's first name was Tayshawn. I always thought it was Prince. No, no, no. Symbol, as it were. Then uh, I also was unaware that they had drafted... Uh, uh, Eric Money, uh, it is, little brother. And uh, the biggest surprise for me was uh, the drafting of uh, Rodney White. I always thought Rodney White was a comedian. Oh, anyhow, geez. as you can imagine, the game uh, started off as usual. The white men uh, dominating, as they always do, uh, passing the ball, uh, shooting, uh, defending, you name it, they did it. Uh, substituting in six-man uh, Armando Martinez at, at will. Uh, but then things got a little crazy. Uh, 
and the wide men, of course, known for their chair stalking. Uh, it all started off when, uh, uh, I believe it was was uh, uh, Armando Martinez, uh, who was in the game, who started picking on uh, Bill Lambeer. Uh, oh, no. He called him Bill, Bill uh, Lame Beer. Uh, and, of course, uh, <laughs> because of, of uh, our, uh, what's the word I'm searching for here? Our uh, One of our sponsors is Anheuser-Busch. Uh, he called him Bill uh, Paps Blue Ribbon Lame Beer. Lame beer. Uh, he didn't like that much. And uh, uh, Martinez uh, uh, kept digging him, told him he couldn't hold Robert Parrish's jock. Um, oh, Lamb beer. Uh, as, I lashed out as he always did, and uh, of course the white men, uh, you know, you don't lash out at uh, Armando Martinez. Uh, he let him out, and uh, Lamb beer <laughs> uh, carried off the flowing uh, stretcher. Um, <laughs> Eric Bischoff. Uh, well, I mean the target is a little too obvious. Eighty-three weeks. Uh, you know. Oh, you want to do some uh, Karate Kid with me, Eric Bischoff? <laughs> seriously these days uh, it's ridiculous uh, Sergeant Slaughter of course uh, we were uh, uh, the white men were big fans of Sergeant Slaughter but uh, I don't know his heel turn he tried to go heel on uh, Ed Vargas and uh, Ed laughed at him told him he looked called him G.I. Slaughter Joe Slaughter <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, he was ineffective uh, Slaughter carried a few extra pounds you know what I'm saying uh, then, of course, uh, Jalen Rose was there, and uh, things got a little bit serious then at this point when uh, uh, Bush pointed out that uh, there, was no, there was no Fab Five, because uh, let's be honest, uh, name them if you can. Uh, <laughs> Jalen Rose, sure. Uh, Chris Webber, sure. Then it gets a little more difficult. Juwan Howard? Uh, you know, you've got to be honest with yourself. You've got to think about it. You know those two. Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard? of course. Well, no, not Dwight Howard. Uh, I'm, I'm ridiculous. I should be <laughs> shot for even saying Juwan Howard, Dwight Howard. What am I talking about? Dwight Howard wishes. Ray Jackson? Um, Jimmy King? No. Jimmy King, a little lesser known. And, of course, the last one uh, that nobody remember, Ray Jackson. Um, so, anyway, uh, Bush tormented him further and said uh, there was no such thing as the Fab Five. There was only the Fab Four and that wasn't the Beatles. The Fab Four played for Duke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this, of course, tied into uh, uh, Timmy D's taunting of Chris Webber, who he, every time Webber got the ball, uh, Timmy D would cover him and, uh, and then tell, ask him if he's going to call for a timeout. understanding why these people pick the celebrities they do. You'd think you'd go for some more people with some basketball skills. But anyways, uh, Ray Parker Jr., <laughs> Stephen P. New, of course, being a litigator, uh, taunted Parker about that whole lawsuit thing about stealing his song from uh, Huey Lewis. Uh, uh, I want a new drug. 
Free of Kyle Ghostbusters, same thing. Uh, Ray Parker Jr. Uh, fled and, uh, after SCP knew uh, filed a quick restraining order against him. Um, Nick Hoff, of course, uh, went at B.J. Armstrong. Um, something about a three-pointer that B.J. took uh, landed next to the flag that his cousin Neil had planted on the moon. Uh, B.J., of course, has always had the thin skin after playing with uh, Michael Jordan. Um, God. In a, in a note, uh, Tom Robinson didn't dress today, but he was uh, on the bench in the cheerleading uh, uh, role. And, uh, of course, he took a, a foul for uh, a technical, a bench technical, uh, for yelling at Exhibit, uh, hey, buddy, can you pimp my Ford F-150 in 1963 version? And, of course, Exhibit, uh, who the hell could pimp a Ford F-150? That truck is immaculate as is. Um, what can I say? Uh, things was crazy. Uh, then Ed Bogus, uh, of course, uh, got under the skin of uh, uh, singer Rockwell. I don't know if I mentioned Rock. Rockwell made the uh, introduction to the beginning. As I said, things were messed up today. Rockwell, Jesus. Uh, they didn't cover Rockwell, and he started to get frustrated. And uh, Bogus uh, did karaoke at uh, Rockwell and said, <laughs> How come it feels like? Nobody's guarding me. Good Lord. <laughs> Maybe Rockwell's name should have been Ben Simmons. I, I don't know. Oh. Uh, but the, the, the straw to boke the camera's back, as it were, was when uh, Stephen P. New uh, got all excited to when Marcus Pfizer came out because he thought he was a uh, part of the drug, Pfizer the drug company. <laughs> and uh, Steve, of course, had his uh, filing papers ready to uh, sue Pfizer. Oh, uh, man. Turned out to be the wrong one in this. Steam P, he got a little excited. Uh, did I mention that uh, Steam P knew, besides leading the team in uh, litigation, he's also a jazz aficionado? I bet you didn't know that. Really? But anyway, now the fight broke out at this point. And as usual, you know, you really shouldn't get into fisticuffs with the white men can't jump team. Way <laughs> too strong, way too powerful a group. Um, <laughs> there was uh, hurt feelings. Uh, Broken bones, uh, several people injured, and that was just in the crowd. Um, I mean, we—I mean, the seizure at Little Caesars was real. Uh, the people, EMS, the paramedics, uh, kept very busy today. Um, when we attempted to uh, interview some of the uh, wide men, uh, surprisingly, they were not rattled at all. Didn't think really anything out of the ordinary had occurred. Uh, Bogus was. Uh, did mention that uh, Detroit had wonderful uh, food, uh, and uh, thumbs up to the concession because uh, they didn't have any Diet Coke. Uh, they were out. We didn't tell Bob's that. Told him, uh, quickly, you know, pieces of tape over top of the Diet Coke with uh, Pepsi right in. Um, but uh, Bob just loved the, uh, the the food in uh, Detroit, and uh, but uh, surprisingly, uh, Bob is not well liked in Detroit. Um, Apparently, the uh, thing about him cheering for the Celtics got out, and uh, he was uh, not uh, not uh, received well. But uh, the event, all in all, uh, went off pretty well, except in the eyes of reporters and people from Detroit, who are, well, a little bit worked out today. But anyhow, uh, Caesar had little Caesars. Who would have thunk it? Uh, I'm not sure what, what where we're going next week. Denver, I believe. No, we were in Denver. Detroit. Uh, boy, that's, that's a uh, 
Let's Cecil do some thinking here, people. Really, what Cecil's doing is looking it up on the internet, but that's between <laughs> Cecil and the internet. Okay. We've got Denver, then we've got Detroit, where we just were. Uh, was there any E teams? There's no E teams. Is there any F? Anyone for F? No F. Um, G? No J's. I do not believe there are. Oh, yes, there is a G. We will be headed to. Oh, Armando Martinez stomping grounds in California. I believe next we are off to the Golden State Warriors. Should oh, be interesting because Lord knows they need some help because they ain't got no basketball team this year. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's, true. that's it for me. Sense of B. Bucks, Lord. Hope everyone had a good time, as good a time as I had in Detroit. And uh, that's it. So everyone <laughs> have themselves a good day. See you next week. I continue to wonder why we keep that segment around, but yet everyone seems to love it. No, so. You did not get the uh, – did the Stephen P. New jazz aficionado joke go past you? It, it did, actually. I missed it. Oh, I just got oh. it. Uh, <laughs> well, just got it. But speaking of uh, jumping oh. on, let's shift gears here. We got a caller on the line. Tom, what's up, Tom? Thanks for calling in to White Men Can't Jump, where we're going to actually talk about basketball now instead of just goofing off for the first 30 minutes. How's it going, guys? I was about to say, I have no effing clue what you are talking about. <laughs> so I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure exactly how to hop in, but uh, but I can talk That's about the best way. And I guess if you explain, and I, I mean, and granted, I only started tuning in like a few uh, minutes ago, so that was probably even more confusing with that context. But if you explain Trust to me, me I've been here for every about, episode, and I don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> Oh, wow. Oh, man. Well, in terms of basketball, I guess, I mean, was there a topic you guys were going to cover that I could hop in on? or? Uh, or uh, well, to... why don't you just go ahead and just go ahead. Yeah, for sure. So, I think um, I think this NBA season has been pretty interesting. Um, a Lakers fan, I'm from uh, Los Angeles, so it's been, uh, it's been oh, nice. Oh, okay. To... Look, I'm hanging up now. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm a normal Lakers. I promise you, I'm not one of the blind Lakers fans. So, but it's been um, it's been nice to actually have um, a team that doesn't totally suck for the first time in a while. But I think um, I think it's pretty interesting. I mean, the number one thing that I'm taking away from this actual season is that this is the first time in I guess since Durant went to the Warriors, where it's like the entire season is not about trades and who's going to be a free agent. Like, because I think in the seasons where Durant was a warrior, it was basically a foregone conclusion who was going to win the title. And so it's nice to actually have, I mean, you could, you could literally convince me that the Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, Sixers, uh, I don't know. I don't think I'd name anyone else that I would say has a, that I would, place a bet on to win the title but you but you could at least convince me there are four teams that have a chance to win the title and then a lot of other teams that if they make a move or two could could definitely take a leap up so it's nice to actually have um basketball again that is not predetermined parody unless there's a bunch of injuries essentially it's nice to have parody i mean let's be honest here we're right. we were all we were all getting kind of sick of starting the season and knowing who was going to be there in the end it was getting kind of old. Like you had some question marks in the East, but for the most part, we knew who was going to be there in the West, and we knew who was probably going to win well, more than likely. 
Um, it's a lot. It's a lot more fun to be a fan when your team is not out of it two weeks into the season, unless you cheer for the Knicks, of course. Well, <laughs> I mean, I think that goes without. I saying, think though. the number one. Yeah, I think the number one team, and I'm actually kind of shocked I'm going to talk about this team because I generally don't care about them that much. But I am like, I'm borderline shocked that the Phoenix Suns are not just not bad, but like might be good. I don't know if they can keep this up, but like I assumed Phoenix was heading for yet another 20 win season. I still don't excuse them for totally effing up like 80 straight draft picks mostly. And like always having a terrible off season. It's just, what do you equate this to? Is it a fluke? Is Monty Williams a good coach? Is Aaron Baines the next Michael Jordan? Like what, what is, is this, sustainable because I'm just I'm so shocked by the fact that they are a competitive basketball team for the first time in like I don't know since Steve Nash was there literally um I'm not really that surprised they've got a lot of of veterans there that do those little things that you want you've got Dario Saric who can do a lot of different things I mean Aaron Baines I mean, when given the chance to thrive, he can do it. And the reason he's doing it is because Ricky Rubio is a pass-first point guard. And Devin Booker is doing a great job with the ball in his hands, too. And that's leading to Bain getting open and getting the and getting what he's getting. Kelly Oubre is probably the most underrated small forward in the league. I'm a big Kelly Oubre guy. I have been for a long time. They got good bench players. I mean, I really like, you know, Tyler Johnson. When he plays, I love Javon Carter. This is just a team that of a bunch of hard-nosed guys that really nobody wanted outside of, you know, Devin Booker and Ricky Rubio, and they're putting it together. And I think they made some changes in their front office. They're doing, they did a good job there. They've changed some things up, and I think this Suns team, do I think they'll get into the playoffs? No, I don't think they have that elite leader that's going to take that team to the playoffs in the West. But do I see them being, you know, late lottery, maybe a, a piece or two away from – from being a team you don't want to play, yeah, I can see that. Uh, I said if the Suns team could put it together, then there's no reason why they couldn't be a playoff team eventually. So only time will tell. It's still early in the season. Yeah, Tim, anything? I, mean, I think those are a lot of really yeah, – Well, I was just going to say it is early, and I think, too, a lot of teams know that there's at least – I don't know. I suppose you could argue maybe two or three spots in the West that are not the East in the West that are kind of up for grabs. And, you know, there's a, there's a handful of teams that could finish in the playoffs. That's, I mean, Minnesota's in his playoff spot right now. Who would have thought? I mean, don't you forget it either, pal. Yeah. But who, but who would have predicted that? Even you probably wouldn't have made. I didn't. You know, but, I didn't. You know there's a, there's some teams that are, I mean, whether they're overachieving or not, maybe a little early to say, but, at least, you know, there's a chance this year for some of those teams where there really wasn't previously. Yeah. Hey, Tom, I hate to do this, but we've got our, our reporter calling in, so i got to get to him on the other that line. Uh, feel free to stick around and listen if you want. If you're still there, we'll bring you back on. But if you got to right. run, I completely understand. Cool. I'll stick around and listen. All right. Well, th- All right thanks. Thanks, guys. All right. Well, joining us now here on Wide Men Can't Jump, is our one of our guests on the show. He is the lead Oklahoma City insider for the franchise OK, the franchise sports, Brady Tranum. And, Brady, thanks again for jumping on the show with us. 
Hey, guys, thank you so much. I'm just another white guy who can't jump, so I fit right in. <laughs> well, you know how it is. Um, <laughs> I can jump. I just, don't leave my, I just don't leave my feet, that's all. <laughs> Jumping is overrated. It's hard work. Oh, yeah. But anyway. Yeah, anyway, let's let's take let's a look at the, the Oklahoma. Let's look at the Thunder here. Uh, they cost me some money against the Pacers the other night, but we won't talk about that. Uh, let's, let's dive into the Thunder here. Kind of having uh, a four. They're, they're four and seven at the moment, four and a half back of first. Of course, it's early, and they're kind of on the outside looking in. They've got some players. I mean, they've got a lot of pieces but yet they're not really putting it together yet. Early in this season, you've watched them. What do you think? What's your thoughts on the Thunder to start this year so far? I mean, yeah, like, it's, everything's kind of gone according to plan thus far, uh, especially in the first ten games. I'm not going to really count the Pacers game because that kind of gets to the next point. But before I get there, in the first ten games, it was just a big reminder of, yes, the Thunder traded Russell Westbrook and Paul George, Jeremy Grant as well, other players left the, the team. But they're still left with a roster that is way too talented to be the Memphis Grizzlies of the last few years or the Phoenix Suns of the last few years. Um, there's just way too much talent for that to happen. Now, in their first ten games, they're 4-6. Um, and six. The problem with that is, is you look at their schedule and who they've beaten, they haven't really beaten anybody worth a damn. They haven't won a road game even yet. I mean, even last night, I'm not going to count that just yet. But um, they're still the only team under 500 with a positive net rating. So what does that tell me? They're competitive. They're a try-hard team. But once their schedule gets tough and their next three weeks are completely brutal, a lot of road games, a bunch of games against the uh, L.A. teams, West Coast teams, it's going to be pretty brutal. Um, once their schedule gets tougher, I just don't know if the whole try hard and the hustle and the grit is really going to matter. Because at the end of the day, uh, Billy Donovan is relying on a lot of second-year players or rookies that haven't um, haven't had the responsibility that has been thrust on them uh, during this season. He's depending on a bunch of guy, a bunch of vets, and Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari, Stephen Adams to basically learn how to play with each other with great chemistry, and as you guys know, if anyone that's watched basketball for a few years, that's not something that you just build in an offseason. So there's a lot of factors that are going into this Thunder team. At the end of the day, they're talented, so they're going to win some games that might surprise you. They're still going to lose more than their fair share. So uh, it works best, I, I believe, for everybody involved. The fans are going to be entertained. They're not going to have a tanking Philadelphia 76er performance every single night. Um, the front office is going to be happy because they're probably going to get a nice little draft pick. And with the way the league is going, with all these injuries, with some teams that might be underperforming, that might, uh, you know, it might force a, an opposing GM's hand to go, okay, I really need Danilo Gallinari now, or I really need Chris Paul now, whereas they probably didn't think that, you know, two months ago back in the offseason. So everything's going according to plan, but I'm really curious to see how this team will respond. Uh, when they have a four or five or six game losing streak, which is very well possible in the next few weeks. Yeah, and a guy that's been playing well for them, though, is, you know, you talk about those second year guys, Shea Gilgus Alexander. He's averaging 20 points per game to go with three assists, almost six rebounds, and he's playing well, shooting well from three, 40% three point shooter. This is a special talent, and really the steal that the Thunder got in that dra in that trade with the Clippers. Um, do you see 
Che Gilgis Alexander as the guy for this Thunder team moving forward? Certainly moving forward. Um, I, I've, I've been left a little wanting more um, at the ends of games uh, because while the Thunder have lost more games than they've won, outside of the Pacers game last night, uh, they've been a possession or two in all these games except for, I believe, the Wizards game, uh, second, second or third game of the year. They ended up losing that game by 12. They were down the whole game, and they actually tied it at 83 with about two minutes left, and then the Wizards closed on a 14-2 run. And those things are going to happen when you've got a bunch of young players. But with, with Shea, all the talent is there, like you just said, and the rebounding is, is really nice. I mean, he's 6'6", so he should be able to rebound well. He's long and athletic. Um, he, he's not athletic in terms of a Russell Westbrook where he's just a, a supernova of an athlete. He's just crafty, knows how to use his body and his space, um, really understands uh, spacing on the floor. All the ingredients are there for him to be the guy moving forward. In the short term, it's still a wait-and-see process. He's still trying to figure it out because while he impressed with the Clippers last year, he was the third, fourth, and sometimes even the fifth option offensively. So this is obviously a, a brand-new environment for him in terms of it's either going to be you or Chris Paul or Danilo Gallinari in most of these games in the fourth quarter. The last few games, he started to become a little bit more aggressive in the fourth quarter. But, again, this is going to be something that I don't really care about right now. But by game 40, game 60, what does the roster look like then? And then also, what is Shea doing in the fourth quarter? That, to me, is the important thing moving forward in terms of the long-term picture with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Tim, anything you want to bring up about the Thunder? Do you think there's a possibility that they move Chris Paul? Yeah, I mean, I mean, everybody's – that's always been the, the talking point concerning the Thunder from a national perspective. At the beginning, beginning of the year, I was fully of the mind that, yeah, he's going to be moved. It's only a matter of time, especially once December 15th rolls around and the entire league can be traded once again. That's probably when it's going to happen, right? But his contract, um, the, the Thunder's desire to not just ship him away, but to also get something that they want in return. And what, what are they what are they going to ask for? They're going to ask for a young asset. They're going to ask for a um, a draft pick down the road. And I just don't know if GMs are willing to do that now. Like I just said earlier, there have been injuries, some key injuries to other teams across the league. There have been some teams that may have underperformed compared to their personal expectations going into the season. So maybe some thoughts have changed where they probably need a shot in the arm, and Chris Paul could certainly well be that. But the, the more and more we get into it, because of his contract, because the Thunder wants such a high asking price for him, I'm really, I really wouldn't be so shocked if he finishes at least this season with the Oklahoma City Thunder. I, I'm starting to, like, with each passing day, I'm getting more and more into that frame of mind. So you don't you would agree then that it isn't going to matter whether they win or lose as far as he goes, you know they'll move him if they yeah. get what they if they could get what they want they'll move him and otherwise they won't. Yeah, now of course this can all change if Chris Paul just makes an absolute public stink, but he's been a complete nutter professional. Um, he's rather enjoyed the the new role that he's had to take on. Now that's I mean that's what he shows us that what he that's what he tells us he could be thinking completely different. It, um, when he's off the floor and when he's back at home. But he, he's uh, he's really taken on to the leadership role of uh, mentoring Shea Gildas-Alexander, mentoring Darius Baisley, Hamadou Diallo. He has nothing but great things to say about them. They have nothing but great things to say about him in terms of his locker room presence. 
just kind of the opposite of what we heard about Chris Paul the last three to five years about his grinding uh, drill sergeant personality with the Clippers and even with kind of with the Rockets for, um, for the two years he was there. Um, it's been a different Chris Paul. He understands what he has to do in order to get to the next spot that he wants to be. And in order to do that, he has to be a good soldier. He's done nothing but uh, do that. Um, but in terms of what the Thunder are going to do, it doesn't really matter to them if they win or lose. They are just going to move him when they feel it's, it's beneficial to them, not just to Chris Paul. So then with that in mind, um, would you say then that they're, the team – are they? Uh, I mean, they're not gonna. They're not really in full rebuild mode. I wouldn't say. Um, yeah. Has, has anybody come out and kind of said, okay, this is a two-year project. Uh, we want to be com- competitive, but we're not gonna. We're not really gonna win for a year or two. So get used to it, kind of thing. Or are we? You know, how's the fan base yeah. taking things there? That sort of thing. Because it's gonna be tough. I mean, they've yeah. been good for a long time. Yeah, certainly it's tough, and the organization is really careful about how they've kind of approached this season, and and they fully understand that this is going to be new for the fan base, too, because outside of the, the first year that the Thunder, when they first came here back in 08, 09, um, they were terrible that year, but it was a brand new thing, and people didn't care. They were just excited to see Kobe Bryant come to town or LeBron James come to town, and they had their own professional basketball team, so it was cool. Um, outside of that season, the Thunder have been competing for playoffs and championships every single year. And so it's certainly a new foray into, like, a fan base experience. But uh, like we've kind of talked about, Presti was still able to bring enough talent to interest people. Um, now, I don't want to bore you too much with Sam Presti verbiage, um, but he did write an op-ed in the, uh, the paper here, the Oklahoman, right before uh, training camp started, where he basically said all these things that you just asked. Like, he said that this is going to be – he didn't say the word process. He, he used words like this is a reposition and replenish – uh, phase of where the Oklahoma City Thunder are, um, because it's true they're not in rebuild mode right now because they still have assets that they that they need to shed and they need to bring in more assets in order to get to that rebuilding mode. Unless Chris Paul and Gallinari are off this team, they're still repositioning to get to that rebuild mode. Uh, fans are fully aware, but again, it's one thing to say that you're prepared for that. It's one. It's another thing to uh, experience it. What happens to this fan base? What happens to this team when they go through a month where they win two or three games? Because that's certainly on the table. Um, it's something that I'm I'm looking forward to, like looking forward to see like how it how it occurs. Um, it, it's really hard to prognosticate at the same time, but. I feel like at the end of the day, fans are fully prepared for it because you've got half the fan base that is tank every game, lose every game, but then you've got your fans that no matter what, when you watch your team play, you want to see them win, even though you may think, well, this will affect our draft positioning. It's going to work for every – it's a win-win situation. You get young players, a lot of early burn that could help them down the road. In the meantime, you're going to lose games because you're playing young guys. It's a win-win for everybody. I think that they're going to have a hard time, even if they wanted to trade Chris Paul. That contract is pretty exorbitant. Um, he's being guaranteed. Yeah, uh, he's being guaranteed uh, thirty-eight million this season, forty-one million next year, and then the final year, forty-four million. I think if you're shedding contracts here, you got a better shot at moving a Dennis Schroeder or a Danilo Gallinari. Gallinari, whose deal expires this year, Schroeder's got two years left at fifteen-five. So it's going to be weird to see what the Thunder decide to do because I think it's pretty safe to say they're not going to bring back Gallinari at 31. Um, I, the Dennis Schroeder experiment hasn't really went according to plan. 
Andre Roberson, his contract's up at the end of this year as well. So it's going to be kind of wait and see what they decide to do. But next year, they've got a chance to to shed a lot of contract space and really um, start positioning themselves to make a run in a couple, like not next year, but the year after, if they wanted to, to make a run at the big free agency pool, maybe bring some people in that want to play with these young guys. Um, but I think they would have to move Chris Paul by then because $41 million, that's just a crazy amount of money to be paying Chris Paul at 34 Definitely. I mean, Gallinari is probably the easiest guy to see move realistically, not just because of his contract, but because he's so damn good and he helps about any team that feels like they're probably a piece away. He's that good. Dennis Schroeder, of course. I mean, there are teams out there that I I can envision him helping, but again, it just kind of comes back to, well, what will the Thunder get in return? There's not a lot of great return out there. So it's it's weird. It's going to it's such a weird position that the Thunder are in. It's a unique position because it's not your classic tear it down, rebuild, and suck for two years. Um, they have the ability to be rather competitive. It, it's just a unique position that they're going to be in, and I'm, I'm excited as hell to um, kind of experience it and cover it. How does the fan base feel, do you think? Because uh, this is a fan base that's used to seeing winning and playoffs. This team more than likely not going to make the playoffs this year. What are the fans thinking about that? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's you've got two sides of the fan base, and one of them is, like, tank, lose every single game, I don't care, get the number one overall pick at all costs. And then you've got the other side of the fan base that no matter what, even though you might still believe that, when you sit down and watch your team play, you can't help but get caught up and want to see your team win. Um, I mean, I, I, I grew up a Miami Heat fan, and, like, they went through some years in, in between um, the Dwayne Wade title and LeBron James going to the Heat that um, they could have very well tanked. But every time I sat down and watched the Heat game, I wanted them to win. I don't like seeing my team lose. So, like, the, for that, the Thunder are constructed quite perfectly because they are too talented to suck, but they are not talented enough or cohesive enough at this point to win a lot of games against teams that are better than them. And the Western Conference is an absolute gauntlet. I mean, you've got teams like Phoenix who – we thought we're going to suck again. They're actually kind of nice and competitive now, at least early on in the year. So uh, the Thunder are constructed perfectly for what they want to do now. And the whole rebuild mode, that's going to come probably in the next year or two. And in the meantime, they're going to be able to develop SGA, develop Darius Baisley, their rookie, Hamadou Diallo. And then they have so many draft picks that it's kind of like in high school where you ask somebody, hey, how hard was that test? And then they say, well, I mean, you have to actually try and fail this one. Sam Presti has to actually try and fail um, with the amount of draft picks he has and his track record. He's going to hit on at least one, and if he hits on at least one, the Thunder are going to probably be back in at least playoff hunt mode in the next few years. Yeah, I mean, I'll have to agree with that. They do well in the draft normally. Um, they can find some diamonds in the rough for sure, especially now that they're probably going to end up back in the lottery. Who, though, for the Thunder yeah. has kind of surprised you coming out uh, this season? Uh, it's, again, 11 games in, but 11 games in, who's kind of surprised you? Who's been a player that stepped up that you didn't think would be uh, somebody that they would be calling their name a lot this year? Yeah, well, the rookie, Darius Baisley, the uh, guy who famously uh, spurned college or professional basketball overseas and went and interned at New Balance uh, last, last year, um, when he was drafted, a lot of people questioned it, even I did, because I didn't see how a guy like that, with that history, 
could have helped a team at the time that had Russell Westbrook and Paul George and was on paper contending for a Western Conference Finals appearance that in that time. I don't I didn't see how Darius Baisley could work out that way. But seeing him in summer league in the wake of Paul George and Russell Westbrook being traded, seeing him in summer league in person, I was actually kind of excited to see him play. I didn't think he was going to be a G League guy and thus far he's been a consistent rotational player uh, under Billy Donovan. And he's shown a lot of good flashes. And it's not just the fact that he's he might be athletic or that he might be a three-point sniper. He is just so basketball smart, so basketball savvy. He, he fits what the Thunder keeps saying that they want to be in playing team basketball, moving the basketball. Darius Baisley is that type of talent. So um, I feel like that after the Russell Westbrook and Paul George were traded, this is probably a draft steal a few years down the road. At the time, it was kind of a big question mark. But – Outside of him, Hamadou Diallo has made strides defensively, and everybody should probably be aware of how athletically gifted he is. Uh, the guy who won the slam dunk contest jumping over Shaq, I mean, that speaks for itself. He's incredibly talented athletically, but it's going to come down to can he stay on the floor um, by not fouling, by uh, being a good defensive player. And he's made strides in the offseason going into the season. He's shown flashes to be um, to show that he's capable of doing that. So those two guys I'm extremely excited for to see this season and seasons down the road. Well, let me bring this up, and this will be my last question to you, Brady, and I really do thank you so much for jumping on the show and talking with us. But um, one thing I want to bring up is this Thunder team, you know, we, we've seen what they can do early on, and I think that people are, are sleeping on them a little bit. They're not around the world or anything with wins, but there's a guy on this team who's kind of the heart and soul, and that's Steven Adams. Um, do you see even, you know, in quote, this is not really rebuild per se, but in a mode where it doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs. Does Steven Adams stay a member of the Thunder? Because it seems like he's one of those guys that they want around for as long as he can play. What do you think about Steven Adams? Yeah, in terms of his on-the-court um, play and performance, even going back to last year, basically at the All-Star break, he's been basically a shell of what he has shown um, in his highest of highs um, going back to the all-star break and even uh, the first 10 or 11 games this season. Now he's been dealing with a left knee contusion. So, I mean, he's not completely healthy, but he just strikes me as the type of player that is going to constantly be injured. And so what you see is what you get out of Steven Adams. But to your original question, um, now if some GM just throws out a stupid trade to Sam Presti and it involves Steven Adams, but the Thunder gets so much good stuff in return, then so be it. I don't think that that's going to happen because to 28, 29 other teams, he is an overpaid center that can't stretch the floor. But for the Thunder's purposes, he is a better version of what Nick Collison was to those early um, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden teams, a a calming force, a a staying force in the locker room, a veteran voice that every player looked up to and respected. Steven Adams is just a better, better version of Nick Collison. He can still impact the game positively on both ends of the floor, whereas Nick Collison at that point was just mainly a locker room presence at, at best. So I think for that purpose, I would want Steven Adams around to help cultivate a, an, S, an SGA, a Darius Baisley, a Hamadou Diallo, uh, maybe even other draft picks that they pick up in the next few years or other young assets that they get in trades. You want Steven Adams to be a part of the Thunder culture to help bring up that new talent because, yes, he's probably overpaid. He's got two years left on his deal. The Thunder could probably 
bring him back if they so chose on a cheaper deal because I don't think anyone's going to give him more money than what he got on his 2016-17 contract extension. Um, so he's certainly a player that's under highly value, but maybe outside of SGA, everybody on this roster is not necessarily untradeable. All right. That's, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is the inside story on the Oklahoma City Thunder from our man, Brady Trandon. Brady, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Why don't you let our listeners know where they can keep up with you and follow you online? Yeah, thank you guys. Um, Twitter, it's at Brady the Sports. Um, all my Thunder stuff goes to uh, thefranchiseok.com. We've got a bunch of Thunder coverage, so if you're bored and you want to read about the Oklahoma City Thunder, just check us out. And then our podcast, um, it's OKC82. We do a podcast ever after every single Thunder game, home and away. And then we also do a weekly show. Uh, it's me, uh, Madison Morris, and Chisholm Holland. We all work for the franchise. We all have a good time, and it's fun. So, uh, yeah, just give us a listen if you're interested in uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. All right. Well, thanks again, Braden. We hope to have you back real soon. Talk more Thunder. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that was Brady Trantham here on Wide Men Can't Jump. And uh, we'll be right back right after this. Are you tired of the same old average everyday lifestyle and the same old job that has you making less money than what you know you're worth? Well, you should head on over to StripCamFun.com. On StripCamFun, there are tons of eligible men and women waiting to perform for you, and you can join in on the fun yourself. Just head on over at StripCamFun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun. If you get there right now, you'll get to see some of the most beautiful women, men, and whatever else your heart desires. And you can take advantage of the good times being had on StripCamFun.com. Make sure you get there right now and let them know that Wide Men Can't Jump brought you over. Because StripCamFun.com is not just for everyone. Must be 18 years of older to join in on the good times. Strip Cam Fun. Be sure to visit right now. It's StripCamFun.com where you can strip on camp and have some fun. Ah, Strip Cam Fun. The good people over at Strip Cam Fun. Gotta love them, Tim. I know I do. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Just just throwing it out there. I'm not uh, touching that. I'm not touching that, man, Butch. Well, I tell you what, you don't have to touch that, but one thing you're going to touch, Tim, is that computer because it's time. Dance, Morgan. That's right. It's time for the Dancing Bogus' favorite segment, Bush League. As Tim heads over right now. Dancing Bogus's. Yes, to the White Man Can't Jump Twitter page, where yesterday I shared three clips of just complete Bush League nonsense. And, Tim, you are the man who picks our winner this week. So scroll down, and you'll see them. They're right in a row. Let me know when you're there. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, All right, I'm good to go. All right. Our first nominee the San Antonio Spurs with this inbound play. DeJounte Murray catches the ball when they throw it inbound. Then he steps out of bounds and throws the ball back to the guy. <laughs> and that's out of bounds. And that's... Oh, wow. Uh, 
I don't know called, what you call your head, that. ladies and gentlemen. That is that's called not. E- Go ahead. I'm sorry. That is very strange. Not only was it strange, you know what it was? That's Bush. Bush League. You hear me? Well, you know, I mean, I realize these guys are only human, but where is your brain at? Like, where? What? What are you thinking when? Like, you just have a moment, or, or like, because there's really no excuse for that. Happen. Really. Something clearly happened, and I don't know what it was, but. First Bush League nominee. Let's go to the second Bush League nominee, Contavious Caldwell Pope, the Los Angeles Lakers. He drives. He goes for layup. Air ball. Good. That was absolutely magnificent. Uh, what a touch! What, <laughs> I mean, what a, what a touch around the rim. It was beautiful. It just floated right over the rim. Never touched the basket. Never touched the rim. Nothing. Just beautifully executed by well, Caldwell you know, Pope with his his rainbow. I guess that's why they say when you you go hard to the basket, right? You don't. You only do that stuff when there's nobody within twenty feet of you, and then you better not miss when you do when you go up lackadaisical like that. That's embarrassing. It was embarrassing. You know what else it was? I mean, that is Bush League. That's right. That's Bush League. And our third nominee, oh my God, Eric Bledsoe, oh, the referee. That's even worse. This is worse than the Dejounte Murray one. Eric Bledsoe gets hand the ball out of bounds, and he starts just takes off running. <laughs> he doesn't even throw it in bounds. Yeah, he feels that uh, no pass, uh, no no inbound pass necessary. Just apparently uh, not. And he I'll just, just takes take off. It. He just takes off, and it's uh, and you gotta kind of shake your head. And then looks incredulous that when when they blow the whistle, and it's like what? And you go, oh, right. Yeah. What <laughs> did I do? Well, All Eric right. Bledsoe, I'll tell you what you did. You just made it onto Bush League. Bush League. Ah. All right, and surprise! I just nominated one more Bush League nominee. Tim literally just now nominated it. Scroll up to the top of the wide men cage. You'll see it. Tristan Thompson. And people should not be surprised. This has been all over Twitter if you're on there. I don't know what he was thinking here. Probably not take much. A, take a look Let's at that as he dribbles back court here. And instead of passing the ball to his open man, decides he needs to take a half-court he <laughs> with 235 left on the clock. And he gets nothing. I felt the air was a little thick, and it might take the ball a lot longer to get to the hoop than I anticipated. (laughs) It's like the opposite of Denver. (laughs) Apparently the smog in Philly really. (laughs) Tristan Thompson, man, that was Bush League. That might be a right entry, but I I think we got a winner there, Nate. You taking Tristan? Tristan Thompson. uh, Yeah, that is just like, you know, at least if if he makes it at least. But he didn't even come close. Tristan Thompson. Ladies and gentlemen, Tristan Thompson is our winner this week, and he will receive a 100% donation made in his name to the Tom Robinson Fund for the ill-equipped. So we will make sure that that is seeing in Tristan Thompson's name and taken care of. Aren't we collecting for the uh, Clothe Tom Robinson Foundation? 
Well, you know, we did get a coat donation, but uh, we had to turn it away due to sheer, sheer, just terribleness. Uh, Well, ladies and gentlemen, that been Bush League this week. Bush League. There goes Marcus. God damn it, Ed. Put your clothes back on. Jesus. Yes, Ed. Put your clothes Naked on. Naked Ed Bogus, ladies and gentlemen. Naked Ed Bogus. You know what we need? My coat of many colors. That could be a, you know, a Jeopardy question. You know, what happens when you, know, if, when you drink too much tequila? Naked Ed Bogus. <laughs> <laughs> what is Naked Ed Bogus? Yeah. You know, we've talked about Ed Bogus enough on this show. He's kind of a pseudo celebrity, but uh we talked well, about done. him and we talked we're about him. We're not done. We're not done with him. Either. We're not done because right now it's time for the top ten. Brought to you by no the one. Of, the makers of spam. <laughs> From the same man that brought you spam, it's the maker of treat. No, ladies oh, and gentlemen. God. Time for Tim's top ten. Let's see what it is this week, because I don't even know. Let's hear it. That's going to be a gutter. Tonight's top ten is brought to you from the home office of Lick Skillet, Virginia. And the category <laughs> tonight is, of course, top ten things that will happen before Ed Bogus drinks Diet Coke. <laughs> At number ten, Bruce Powellbands will admit he's a liar and takes massive doses of Exelon. At number nine, LeBron James will send TV cameras away and demand his privacy. At number eight, Amish terrorists will seize an airliner. At number seven, Nate Bush and Tom Robinson will star in White Girls 2. At number six, Meet Me in the Matinee will play Madison Square Garden. At number five, Anthony Davis will shave his eyebrows to lower wind resistance. At number four, James Harden will record an assist. At number three, the New York Knicks will win the NBA title. At number two, Impact Wrestling will set a Nielsen record for ratings. And the number one thing that will have to happen before Ed Bogus drinks Diet Coke, West Virginia politician Don Blankenship will be named America's Poet Laureate. Good old Don, man. My I urge think, to ditch um, cocaine Mitch has finally hit. I think Ed Bogus now has no worries of ever having to drink a Diet Coke. <laughs> I think I think he'll be just fine. <laughs> Ed, you're, if you're going to drink anything, don't panic too much. But uh, speaking of don't panic, you should head on over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC and check out everything they're offering right now. The President Kennedy memorabilia is crazy over there right now have you been seeing these pictures tim i know tex has he's been all over them yeah just give them your money like don't fight yeah just just give them your money and get that wonderful buttons and buttons and stickers and i saw a uh, president reagan inaugurational uh, i don't know if it was a book or uh they had some seating stuff there some really neat uh presidential memorabilia at really cheap prices it's getting close to christmas time so you may want to check that out at Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC. There's been some really cool stuff pop up over there. I'm uh, I'm probably going to grab my mom a couple of things from there for Christmas. So head on over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC. Check them out, facebook.com slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC. 
Let's hear a little more if, from uh, them now. Or go ahead, Tim. I'm sorry. I was going to say, if you tell them we sent you, they won't care. <laughs> Actually, tell them we sent you. That, that'll keep that'll keep their advertisements coming. But here we go. If you're into comic books and collectibles, then you are going to want to check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. They buy and sell comic books, action figures, pop funkos, vintage video game systems, vinyl records, and other collectibles. Retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say, Oh my God! Currently, they run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing. Assemble. And head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check them out, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Great people doing great things over there, selling you some really cool stuff. Well, a lot of people have said they always enjoy it when we kind of just jump around the league and and talk about a little bit of everything. And Tim and I are going to be looking at some news and notes moving forward here um, a little later. But right now, I was able to sit down and talk with the Porter Medium's own Mitchell Moore. Mitchell's been on the show a few times before, and we were able to talk about a lot of different stuff in the league. And uh, Tim, you'll be interested in this. There was a lot of just around the league talk, general things not focusing on one specific team. We kind of hit a, a bunch of teams. Sweet. <laughs> Thanks for your enthusiasm, Tim. All right. We're going to fire it up yeah. here. You're more than welcome, mate. Anytime. And here's my conversation with Mitchell Moore. What do you say to that, Tim? Roll the tape, mate. Back on the show once again is NBA sports writer and editor at Porter Medium, Mitchell Moore. And Mitchell, thank you so much for jumping back on the show. It's good to have you back. Hey, no problem. I'm glad to be back for the third time. Oh, yeah. is it? Has it been three already? My goodness. I've lost – I lose track of how many times we have everyone on. It's, uh, it's wild. We've built a great little community here with Wide Men Can't Jump, and I love having everybody on. It's been great. And it's always good to, to talk to you. So glad you're back. And uh, – Let's go ahead and dive into a little bit of what's going on in the NBA. We're going to kind of just jump all over, get a little um, assorted mix here of what's going on in the league. Uh, we got to talk about this one for sure. Miami, Miami Heat, Deion Waiters. Uh, got to bring yeah. this news up. If you've been living under a rock, Deion Waiters apparently uh, had a medical emergency on the Heat plane and uh, because he ate an edible gummy. Uh, that apparently a teammate or someone gave to him and had a medical emergency. What have you heard about this, Mitchell? Because you've probably been following it closer than I've been able to. You know, I've heard many things, and um, the first thing that concerns me is uh, the Miami Heat released a a press conference about this, and uh, they had to say a few things about Dion, and they've had a couple troubles, not only the medical emergency, obviously, but uh, it's kind of concerning hearing all the off-court issues Dion has 
considering how good of a player he is. It really is, and like he's he's a really solid piece on this team. But now you're seeing all these off the court issues that are really causing trouble for him. Um, and you know, there's going to be a certain someone on that team that's not going to put up with that. And I'm not even talking about Eric Spolstra or uh, Pat Riley. I'm talking about Jimmy Butler. Have the Heat? Has there been any internal internal meetings going on, or have you heard anything about you know what's going on in Miami with the team, how they reacted to this medical emergency? You know, I haven't heard anything particular about a team meeting or a team conference at all, but uh, I know that Jimmy Butler sets his teammates up for a high standard, and, you know, with a new leadership this year with Jimmy, particularly being the locker room leader, so to speak, uh, you know, with all the off-court issues that Dion has, I'm sure they're just trying to move on and focus on the season they have because they have a a lot of young guys, Kendrick Nunn and uh, Tyler Harrow, and the list goes on of young players that need to have a good example in the locker room. So I'm sure, you know, as big of a concern it is to for office and others, uh, I'm sure the team's still focused and locked in on the start of the season. Yeah, I mean, they're 6-3, and three, so it hasn't really affected them uh, too, too much. That was just a story that broke and everyone was all over it. So interesting. I thought it was it was interesting that, Dion Waiters refused to name where he got the edible from. So I think that's a, a point that deserves. He didn't snitch. So I'll give him that. He didn't. He knows that snitches do get stitches. So he, he didn't. Snitch, hey, you but, know, uh, that, that, that gives me a little golden star in his book. Cause snitches yeah. uh, on a teammate is something that could create chaos in the future. So I'm exactly. sure they're He's, trying to put this under the rug, so to speak. Yeah, he's kind of taking his lumps here, and he'll he'll have a suspension, but he'll he'll move on from there. So I'll give the man some credit. He didn't snitch. Um, he's not like uh, not like D'Angelo Russell with Nick Young. So that was probably a good move on his <laughs> part. But all right, let's uh, let's stay in the East. Toronto Raptors. Would you consider them one of the biggest surprises in the East so far? They're sitting at seven and three right now. Uh, of course, we're ten games in. Of course, so we can't get too too excited. But seven and three, and this is a Raptors team that a lot of people counted out early on in the season because they were so young and they didn't have Kawhi anymore, and they've been doing it without Kyle Lowry. I mean, he he missed the last game, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, what's your thoughts on the Toronto Raptors so far this season? You know, I'm really impressed with what they've been doing, and I didn't think it was not possible at the beginning of the season, but, you know, with their next man up mentality they've had for a while. Cause if you remember from last season, when Kawhi was out for that set amount of games, they went on the biggest run of their season. So, you know, with the next man up with their, how deep their bench is and how well their bench is playing out of late, you know, it's really not that much of a surprise, but with the way Siakam's getting even more improved after winning the most improved player last year. I mean, if he keeps up these stats, I, Maybe he can win it again. And, you know that's a crazy thing to say, but from four points a game the year before to 16 last year, and now to 27, you know it's really something you got to consider along with uh, a few others around the league. Yeah, he's playing well, and uh, he really has shown that he earned that max extension that he got. So I think uh, that's you got to keep an eye on. But uh, another team in the East. Maybe you consider disappointing after the way they played last year. Orlando 
only three and seven to start this season. Um, they were a team a lot of people considered would get better this year because they really didn't lose anybody and everyone started to to come back. Jonathan Isaac has been uh, pretty solid for them. He had 22 and eight against Memphis. Uh, he's doing better, but still one of those one of those projects. Um, I, I didn't think that they would be as good this year uh, in my when I came out with my initial rankings for how the team would finish at the end of the year. And they haven't been. What's your thoughts on Orlando in the East? You know, it's really confusing and puzzling because last year they were off to a really hot, hot start. I believe they started 11-2, and two, and really the core of that team is the same, and injuries are even better this year compared to last year. So, the I mean, it's just really confusing because they have the same offense. They run the same plays, you know. Uh, a few more players are in the roster rotation this year, which might be affecting it. But, you know, I hope they can find a, a groove soon because if they don't get things started before, sooner or later, you know, there's a lot of teams that are going to step up in the East, I think, before they get a chance. So, Yeah, and Vucevic's numbers this year, 17 and, and 11 and a half rebounds. Um, you know, good numbers from him. He's getting the assists. I'm just disappointed that we're not seeing more Mo Bamba. I think he's got so much to offer a team, but he's just not getting the time to play. And I understand he's young, you know, here he's 21 years old, he's seven foot and he's still got a, still got a ways to go. But I feel like there's a lot there with him that's not being used. And he's such a, a talented player is Mo Bamba. And do you think maybe he's, they're slowly working him in, or do you think maybe he, we can start looking at him as a potential bust if he doesn't turn something on in the next couple of next couple of years? You know, he's one of the biggest question marks coming out of that class, but I think it's really just on the Orlando Magic. I think with any other team, they would be able to give him the time and experience. And yes, he's had a couple of recurring injuries that have kind of riddled his playing time, but. I ultimately think that the Orlando Magic are kind of messing the project they because they extended him this off season through 2021, I believe. So they believe in him, but I just think giving him minutes is the best thing for him. And he's one of those players where I think he'll struggle early, but the more minutes he gets, the more he'll learn and the more more he'll be able to adapt his own game. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's let's go out west now. Uh, a lot of the usual suspects in the West. A lot that the team, a lot of teams that we expected. Of course, Golden State. We covered them last week on the show with the the their injuries right now. They're sitting at the bottom of the league, which is kind of surprising. But again, injuries play a factor in that. I think a team that's really underperformed though, Portland, the Portland Trailblazers, four and six right now on the season. And I'm not counting them out of the playoffs yet, but they've gotten off to a rather slow start this year. Um, Portland, time to panic yet, or do you think maybe just a rough part of the schedule that they ran into? Um, you know, I think it is time to panic, not just because of the schedule or the record they have currently, but just the West around them, you know, because you look at the teams that are off to a hot start, the Jazz are 7-3, I believe, and the, the both teams out of L.A., 
The Nuggets have a great record right now. So you just look at the teams that they're uh, competing against to get to the playoffs. And, you know, they were a Western Conference Finals team last year, but in the West you really can't promise anything for the next year coming. So I think they're they're potentially in a lot of trouble. But with the same roster potentially – or well, basically the same roster as last year, I think they could still find a groove and get uh, – you know, I think they could get a middle seed, like a five to seven range is about where I think I could see them. Yeah, I, I could see that as well. I think they'll eventually get in. It'll start clicking. It's just one of those, you know, early season. They lost some games. A lot of their games have been close coming down to the wire. Like, they lose by four to the Nets. Uh, they lose by six to the Clippers. They lose by nine to the Warriors without Steph Curry, which was shocking. Um they lose by one to the Sixers, uh, three to the Spurs, eight to the Nuggets. So it's not like they're they're losing games by a lot. They're hanging around in all their games, really. Just got to be able to put games away. And it would be interesting if Portland doesn't make it because Golden State is not going to make it. Could you imagine two Western Conference Finals teams from last year missing the playoffs the following season? I don't know. Has that ever happened? I'm not sure if it has. I'm not sure if that's ever happened, but, you know, it's a, quite the possibility for this year with the Portland Trailblazers, the way they're struggling this year, and the strength of the West. Yeah, because the West has got teams in it that nobody was expecting to be good that are really starting to crank it here. Phoenix, for example. Um, and I'm patting myself on the back because I called this. I told everyone that would listen before the season started the Nets potentially, or excuse me, the Suns potentially could come out and dominate with the roster that they have. And they're doing it. And a lot of people called me crazy. And But here they are, 6-3, and three, wins over the Clippers, the Kings, the Warriors, the Grizzlies. The only, they beat the 76ers to give them their first loss on the season. And they beat the Nets. Uh, they have lost to the Heat, the, and they lost to the Jazz and the Nuggets. The Jazz and Nuggets games both by one. So this Suns team... Um, what's what's happening in Phoenix? And they're doing a lot of this without DeAndre Ayton, who's out until December. You know, I will also pat myself on back a little bit because I kind of saw this coming, but like not at this out like this magnitude. Because you know, you look at the the stats offensively and defensively, and their rated their ratings in the league are substantial. So it's not just a fluke. I think personally. They're number one in field goal percentage so far throughout the games they've played. And I think this has a lot to do with not only the additions of Rubio and Baines and Sarge, but I also think the the coaching and the front office changes recently have allowed the current roster to uh, strive and really play where they're comfortable, such as, like, uh, Devin Booker at the two – and Rubio, who's a past first point guard, I think that's helped him tremendously. And with Devin Booker averaging, I think he's averaging around eight to nine assists right now. Without with him being the first option on offense and being able to share the sugar with posts such as Baines and Sarge, because I mean Aaron Baines has been going off this year, and you know I think that has to really do with Devin Booker and Rubio being such a nice backcourt so far. Yeah, Aaron Baines, undrafted. Uh, he's 32 years old, seven years in the league, and everyone kind of just, uh, you know, he played in Boston for a while, played okay. His career stats are five 
0.6 points per game to go along with 4.4 rebounds per game. This season, he's averaging 15.8 points per game and almost six rebounds a game. That's a big step, and that doesn't come overnight, and he's playing very nice. Of course, I'm a big Javon Carter fan, being from West Virginia, so uh, when he's given the opportunity, I'm always rooting for him, and he I, he seems to do a great job. Uh, people sleep on Tyler Johnson. I'm a fan of Tyler Johnson. He, he'll get you – there's nights where he can get you about 15 to 20 a game if you need him to. Frank Kaminsky – um, has been a nice addition when when called upon. But I think it all comes down again to Kelly Oubre. That was a guy who I saw in Washington and said, he's better, in my opinion, than Otto Porter. He needs to get out of there, or the Wizards need to make him the starter. And at first they didn't. They got rid of him. Now he's out in Phoenix, and he's doing work. He's averaging 17.2 per game. And you, you made a great point with the, the office. The changeovers in the office has been huge for the Phoenix Suns, and there's a potential here for this team. They could easily make a run at the playoffs, and that would shock everybody, <laughs> I think. If you'd have told me at the beginning of the year the Suns are going to make the playoffs, I'd have said, oh, I don't know about all that now. Yeah, and I think, like I said before, I don't. I really don't think this is a fluke. You know, you see the Magic and the Grizzlies, they were the number one seed through the second week of the season last year. But I really don't think it's one of those flukes. I think they could potentially get an eighth seed, the seventh seed, because, you know, the Spurs who are anticipated to get the seventh or eighth seed in the Mavericks, they've been underperforming a little bit. And, you know, with the Suns being so efficient and not even having one of their probably top three players, DeAndre Eight, due to suspension, I'll be watching to see if he uh, really – is the reason they're doing so well without him? You know, it's maybe it's one of those things, but we'll see if they can keep up this record and have him back. They're definitely going to make a playoff push. Yeah, and don't sleep on my Minnesota Timberwolves either. I, I maintain they've got a great shot at getting in too, especially if Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins, uh, just I, I want to know where this Andrew Wiggins has been all my life. Uh, this guy's averaging 25.5 points per game on the season this year to go along with 4.8 rebounds and 3.3 assists. Where have you been all my life, Andrew Wiggins? It took you five years, but we finally are starting to see glimpses of the Wiggins that we all thought was coming into the league. Have you followed the Wolves as closely as I do? I mean, maybe not you know, as close I, as I do, but have you watched any? As I, Yeah, as an Iowa native, you know, those are kind of the closest team besides the Chicago Bulls, which, you know, no one's really going to be a fan of them right now. No, I'm just joking. But, uh, <laughs> Andrew, I've always, I've always been a fan of Andrew Wiggins' game. I've watched him in Kansas when he played against Iowa State. You know, I, I really like what they're doing up there with the roster and the additions. I think the next move for the Timberwolves is a point guard that is substantially younger than Jeff Teague because I think they have a great core right now of Wiggins and Cat the way they're playing together. And a point guard that, you know, D'Angelo Russell is playing pretty good. You know, that would be a really good team if they got those three together. If he comes here, because Russell is on age. Let me work on that. Russell is ineligible to be traded until December. And if he is traded and the Wolves are able to make a grab at him, my only question is what will it take to get him? 
because now you want to keep Towns, and apparently now you want to keep Wiggins with the way he's playing. If they make a run for Russell, you know, Golden State's going to want somebody. They're not, they'll take Teague, I'm sure. Uh, they may take Gorgie Jang just, you know, because his deal, I think, expires next year. Um, I don't know how excited the Wolves would be to give up Robert Covington or Josh Kogi or Jared Culver. Those are three guys I feel like have a place on that roster. Um, so to make a move for Russell, it's going to, I think it's going to take a third team. I saw a potential, like somebody put out online, of course, this was not rumored to happen, but there was talk of an Andre Drummond Pistons trade, uh, where the Wolves could land Russell and the Warriors would end up with Drummond and the Pistons would end up with, with some, some other pieces to kind of get rid of, you know, clear the air in their roster. I don't know. I don't know what it would take. What do you think it would take to get Russell to Minnesota? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you with uh, another team having to be on board. Because, you know, with the Warriors, they kind of signed and traded him to see if they could use him as bait. And I I think they're going to ask for a lot in return, to be honest. I think they're going to need an all-star caliber player in return just due to the fact that, you know, once everyone's back healthy for the Warriors – Maybe D'Angelo Russell isn't the answer for them, so they're gonna have they're gonna have to find someone like Andre Drummond or like a, maybe a Clint Capella somehow or something like that. A center or a post would be really nice for the Warriors team currently. And you know, I don't think the Timberwolves really do have that caliber of player to get the Warriors. So you know, a third team is definitely definitely a vital um, vital need for uh, that trade to happen. Yeah, and one thing I'll I'll bring up there is you bring up Clint Capella. That Rockets team is light in assets. They are, in my opinion, they're not deep on the bench. There's not a lot they have going for them bench depth-wise. I think they're going to have to come up with something to really make a push if they really want to try and get to a championship. I think the, the two-man combo of Russell – and Harden's not going to get it done. There's not enough ball to go around for those two. Capella seems a little more out of place this season than when Chris Paul was there. I don't know if it's, you know, I don't know if maybe it's just taking getting used to it. Yeah, granted, they're 7-3 and three right now. I know they are. Capella's averaging 13 and almost 12, but I, for some reason, he's really just rebounding well. I don't feel the Rockets is a threat to get back to the championship or even to the the Western Conference Finals because maybe it's just me, but I feel like they're weak on the bench. What do you are you do you think I'm wrong? No, I don't. I don't think you're wrong at all. And I I think there's a lot of more deep concerns with the Rockets, whether it's the the general manager Daryl Morey. You know, he's been getting in recent news, but I'm talking basketball wise. He has not been doing a very good job with doing with renditions of the roster. You know, you look at the Westbrook trade for CP3. Yeah, it looks good on everywhere else. You know, Russ and Harden are back together, but you look at their uh, statistics so far, and it's not looking good offensively. And you know, the head coach even Mike D'Antoni, their new offensive system is running great for Harden. Yes, but you got to look at the supporting cast. And you know, um, with those good of players of Harden and Russ, you know, 
I think they they might need to look at options, whether it's not just the roster, but maybe a change in the front office and head coaching because, you know, they're in a sticky situation right now. They got two really good players in Capella, but their supporting cast is nowhere near what the rest of the West has, such as the Clippers bench, the Lakers bench, et cetera, et cetera. So I think they're in a deep situation, and a lot of people will see 7-3 and seem like they're all right, but in the long run, I think they're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, and I do want to ask you this. You brought up Lakers-Clippers. What team would you pick in a seven-game series if it were played right now, Lakers or Clippers? I would pick the Lakers just because, you know, we haven't seen the full strength. We have not seen the full strength Clippers, you know. The Clippers uh, are getting Paul George back this week. I think they are going to really, really be working together as a duo, almost better than Anthony Davis and LeBron. But, you know, you you look at the Lakers and what they're doing right now, I think it's really hard not to say uh, they. I think they'd win in six. To be honest, right now, I'm going to say that flat out. Well, we'll wait and see what happens when Paul George comes back. So, uh, I'm interested to see how that dynamic clicks. And I think once the playoffs roll around, I've got to go with the Clippers. Once the playoffs get here, I think it's just uh, for some reason I just like what they're doing better defensively. That defense is tough. It's really hard to play against. I had the Clippers coming out of the West this year and, and eventually winning it all. That was my uh, initial my initial pick. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. Of course, you know, again, we're nine, ten games into the season. So this is all speculation. This is all, you know, what if talk. We, we haven't even got to Christmas yet. Uh, and that's when the games really start to pick up uh, is around December. We're in the early part of the season right now. So it, it's really interesting. Um when I look over, well, let's bounce back to the East here, and I won't take too much more of your time. Uh, when you look at the East, Boston's playing well. They're 8-1. and one. They they come out, they lose opening night, then they go eight in a row. Uh, and they're really playing well as a team right now. Hayward goes down, though. He's going to be out for a while. But do you think, with or without Hayward, Boston is still a contender, or do you think they're going to need Gordon Hayward going forward is this a guy that's going to be injury even if he is injury prone this is a guy they're going to need going forward do you think tatum walker brown and company can get the job done you know i've been really impressed with what the have been doing and to be honest the rest of the contenders in the east have been kind of disappointing you know the sixers have been playing great but you know they don't look like what i expected them to be at least and you look at the bucks and uh, you know, they've got some injuries and et cetera. They're working through right now. But, you know, Jalen Brown's really shown that he's deserved his max contract, or not max, but his extension like Siakam has. And he's stepped up since Hayward's been out. And I think that he can continue that. And, you know, Hayward's a great player. He was averaging 19 before he got out. But I think the Celtics are really, really a nice contender for the East right now. And I know it's early, but. You just look at the their system and the way they run things with Kemba. It just seems like they really, really have it down into a formula. And I think they're a great team. Yeah, it's weird to think that the when you look at it, Kemba Walker has made such a difference based on the differences between Kyrie Irving and Kemba. And I was a fan of 
of the move. And a lot of people were like, well, they lost Horford. And I said, yes, losing Horford hurts. But Kimball Walker's such a good teammate, and he makes players around him better. Where I didn't feel Kyrie Irving did that. I actually didn't like the move Brooklyn made, giving up D'Angelo Russell to bring in Kyrie Irving. Yes, Kyrie's a bigger name value, but I felt Brooklyn, what they had built with Russell at the helm with a lot of those really good role players who were only going to get better, I felt like they really messed with that. Well, I'm trying to think of the word that that feng shui, that that feeling, that camaraderie in Brooklyn. They really messed with it. And now, granted, when they get Durant back next year, I think everything will be fine. But with Kyrie there running the show, Brooklyn has not looked impressive. And with Boston doing as well as they have, is this really proving that Kyrie might be considered what we all thought he was? And that's just a really selfish player who can't lead. You know, ever since Kyrie's left the Cavaliers, I really haven't been big on him, I'm going to be honest. Quite frankly, Yes, he's a great offensive player, but you look at his defensive stats and you look at just what he causes in the locker room, and you see the young core that was in the Celtics with Tatum and and Brown and how they could have been uplifted by a leader in need, in need of a leader. And then you look at the Nets with all the young core they have right now, you know, they're looking at Kyrie as the best player and the leader. And it's looking very similar to what happens in the Celtics. And, you know, once KD comes back, I think that would be the best thing for the Nets. But I really do agree with you. I think if they would have kept D-Lo and uh, also acquired KD, they'd be in a really good spot, much rather than Kyrie and KD. Although they're a good, great all-star duo, I just don't really – I've never been big on Kyrie since he's left. I'll say this. Kyrie's been a great – he's a great second fiddle. He's not a leader. He's a great, you know, I don't want to put it this way. Kyrie's a really good Scottie Pippen, but he's not a good Michael Jordan, if that makes any sense. Um, he yeah, compliments that's, that's the team the, well. That's, that's a how I look wording. at it. You know, you know, with KD coming back next year, it'll be interesting to see, you know, who takes the, the reins of that team, so to speak. I know DeAndre Jordan's also had a great uh, impact in the locker room a very positive impact on all the young posts they have. Yeah, and that's why they brought him in. And um, he's going to teach guys like Jared Allen, who I'm a big fan of. And Brooklyn's going to be a team to watch next year. This year, I'm kind of whatever with them. But next year, they're going to be a fun watch, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I I also think that uh, with this year being so murky so far through the nine, ten games they've played – I really don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, to be honest. And with uh, the Heat and other teams in the East kind of quietly creeping up on into the playoff contention, I think they could actually miss it this year. They might. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But um, you know what, Mitch? I've taken enough of your time. I appreciate you jumping on here and talking with me and, and us hitting kind of a uh, – out what's going on weighing in on different things it's always fun to do that i know our listeners really like that so um and also uh was on your twitter and noticed you had to post the Jokic shot over towns for the win in the wolves overtime game the other night but that's okay i'll forgive you this time hey uh, yeah you know i'll make sure to post some wiggins dunks and some cat heroes <laughs> no you're you're fine look that was a hell of a shot so i can't knock that shot that was a game to me the wolves lost that game by two 
but it felt like a win to me because it took Jokic hitting just an absurd shot to beat that Timberwolves team against, a, to me, a team in the Nuggets who I think is going to end up being the one seed in the West. That's just my opinion. But we'll wait and see. So, uh, but once you let our listeners know where they can keep up with you and follow you and read anything that you're out there writing and editing and all that good stuff. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at MitchellMoorePM and uh, some exciting news I'd like to release. I think I'm going to start my own podcast coming in 2020, so maybe we'll have a little uh, collab going on in the future. But uh, all right. until then, you can go ahead and follow me on Twitter and uh, we'll see all the Jokic fadeaways you want. <laughs> oh, that sounds awesome and I'm glad you're uh, glad you're getting your own podcast man can't wait to hear it and I'll uh, definitely be listening in so it sounds great and if you ever need anyone to come on and just shoot the shit just holler I mean I would love to all so, right thank hey, you you know I I appreciate the the hostility of you you know it's been a great time being a guest on here so oh anytime anytime thanks again man and I hope to have you back real soon we'll talk some more hoops all righty. Till then. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Steak Classy Meats is your online meat market where you can get the best quality meat for competitive prices. Head on over to stayclassymeats.com and use the promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order. That's right, if you head to stayclassymeats.com, you can save 10% on your order with promo code WIDEMEN, but that's not all. Not only will Stay Classy Meats give you 10% off, they're also throwing in a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Make sure you get over to stayclassymeats.com right now to check out their selection. Whether it be pork, ribs, chicken, steak, bison, ribeye, or any other type of meat that you desire, you can get it at stayclassymeats.com. They are high-quality meat that you will not want to miss out on. If you like to eat well and eat clean and eat some of the best quality products out there, Stay Classy Meat is for you. Again, head to stayclassymeats.com right now. The good people at Stay Classy Meats taking care of us. As always here, Tim, and we want to thank Mitchell Moore for jumping on the show as we went just all over the league, talking about a little bit of everything here in basketball. And, uh, you know, one thing, Tim, NBA's in full swing, and there's a lot of news and a lot of notes going around right now. Is it time for behind the scenes of Nate Bush? God, I don't think people have that kind of time or they're that they're not that bored either. Well, in regards to the NBA, not Nate Bush's personal life. No one cares about that. Very true. Very true. Let's um, <laughs> but let's look no, at. No, you accused me of lack of excitement a minute ago. What was that called? That was called me coming out of a yawn because I'm tired. Because <laughs> I have a test on on glycolysis, gluconeogenesis, <laughs> and the Krebs cycle tomorrow. If anybody cares, and yeah, I've been working I, on that. I have to. And make you don't care. I have to make toast in the morning, Nate. So <laughs> damn, into <laughs> everyone's life a little a little rain must fall. Damn, <laughs> what a black cloud! I got to make toast oh, in the morning. I don't know if I can face tomorrow, Nate. It'll be tough. <laughs> Does do yeah. they want butter on the toast? Oh God, I hope not. Oh no. 
Oh, the pressure. <laughs> if you're able to do that, you, sir, are a real life patriot. You're going to make me to want to, you're going to make me to want me to make it over like an open fire next or something. Oh, no. Just put it in no. the toaster. Oh, goodness. But anyway, we let's look at a few news. I was a boy. Let's look at a little bit of news and notes. By the way, uh, last week I, I did go on Friday of last week for Ed Boggus. I went to Sheets and then had a delicious uh, po' boy, uh, chicken po' boy, and some uh, Wisconsin cheese bites in his honor. All right. But uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> did you say the special Boggus blessing before you ate? I did. I did. I said, good food, good meat, good gravy, let's eat, just like Ed Boggus yeah. would want me to. Uh, what is but anyway. Uh, through the lips and over the gums, look out, stomach, here it comes. Yeah, really. A couple news news, uh, updates here. It is reportedly unlikely Steph Curry will play the rest of the year. Uh, That was reported. However, it is likely that he will get at least some play towards the end of the season. That was later updated. Um, In case anybody missed it, uh, let's give me just – hold on here. But uh, just in case anybody missed this, I'm going to play this. Jimmy Butler, uh, I don't know if anybody's seen this. Have you seen where where um, players like to kind of be in the background of a post-game interview when a guy's getting interviewed? Just as fun after they win, you know, to be a team and have a good time. Right. You know what, what I'm talking Jimmy about? Do now? What did Jimmy All do right, now? well, Jimmy Butler's being interviewed on uh, Fox Sports. And uh, this is after a game, post-game interview, and some of his teammates are behind him clowning a little bit. So take a listen. Take a listen to this. Jimmy, you've made it very plain. We all should know by now. Is, he is not having, and it is video bombs, not having it. Uh, you made it very plain that you don't care what happens as long as they win. Is it any more savory? Go to the locker room, man. Go to the locker room. Great game. Go to the locker please. That's it, baby. We got another one tomorrow. What, what is it that you don't enjoy about the video box? Huh? Uh, it's not about them right now. It's about me. Very good. With that being said, is it it's not about them right now. It's about me. Oh, what, I what, a, a what a piece of shit. What a team Jimmy Butler Jimmy is. Like, nothing like team unity, unless it's all a joke. I don't think like it is. It didn't sound like it. He, he, no, he, sent, he, he, put, he stopped the interview and sent them to the locker room. And you can tell, he, he is a selfish prick. He's Jimmy Butler. <laughs> don't, don't, don't hold back, Nate. Well, he is. I mean, look at the guy. It ain't about them. It's about me. I, I, and people and people are surprised. They're, they're stunned. That, oh, Jimmy Butler. Why would Jimmy Butler act this way? Because he's an asshole, ladies and gentlemen. That's why. Because <laughs> he's, he's Jimmy Butler. Well, he he's knows, Jimmy he's Butler. Not. He's a prick. He's a dick. He's an asshole. He's a self-centered motherfucker who thinks everything should be about him. Where and if you the... don't do, and if you don't do exactly what he says, he'll bitch and run to another team because he's done year in and year out. Where did Jimmy Butler play his uh, college ball at? Marquette. Oh, okay. No wonder. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't really learn. He didn't learn how to be a, uh, a big boy at Marquette. No, no, he didn't. He hasn't learned how to be a big boy yet at all. Yeah, he's a great player. I take nothing away from him, but he's an ass. He is an ass. He is the definition of a horrible teammate. People are like, oh, nature just sour because of what happened in Minnesota. Well, you know what? You're damn right. I sure am. 
Believe it or not, I am. I'm still sour about it, and I'm going to be sour about it for quite a while. Jimmy Butler's an ass. That's me. Could it be his love of country music, Nick? I'm depressed. Uh, who knows what that the man, guy. The man, the man likes Taylor Swift, Nate. I mean, no offense to anyone who loves Taylor Swift, but uh, that's an unusual. Uh, that's an you know that that that's out there for for. Uh, you know, Dark Brooks, I can live with, but Taylor Swift, really. Dark really? Brooks is pretty awesome. Yeah, Garth Brooks, I can at least understand why somebody going to listen to him. But uh, Jimmy Butler's a tool. Yep. Uh, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I could see if it was okay, if that was the only incident. It's all right. He's maybe just goofing off and trying to be the professional. But this guy, year after year after year, it's always something with this guy. Always. And it doesn't matter. He talks about I just want to win, but uh, I don't know. I don't even know if that's true because. He should have stayed in Philadelphia if he wanted to win. Exactly. All right, enough about that cock meat sandwich. Let's move on, shall we? Um, Memphis, and I don't mean the Grizzlies. I'm talking about the Memphis Tigers. For those of you that haven't been keeping up with it, uh, James Wiseman is a huge player in the NCAA. He's a potential number one overall draft pick. He was ruled ineligible by the NCAA. Now, Tim, have you heard anything about this? Because I've got a little bit of the inside scoop on the story. I, here. Have you heard? I actually, I, I did, but you can give it. I actually, the game was on TV last night. Yeah. So um, apparently, now, now what, what I heard, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Tim. What had happened for anybody that doesn't know? James Wiseman, as a young man, was helped out by Penny Hardaway before Penny Hardaway was ever a coach, an affiliate, anything. Before Penny Hardaway ever even knew he was ever going to be anywhere near the Memphis Tigers. He helped out this young man as an act of kindness because he was a young guy and he had potential and he wanted to see him get to where he could go to become a pro. And, and you know, Tim, it, when you're a talented young athlete, you'll get that, especially if you're in, living in a, uh, a difficult situation, a bad environment, anything like that. You'll get help from people. I mean, is that that's happened to a lot of players? That's not uncommon, am I right? It seems ridiculous to me. Okay, then, then Penny Hardaway eventually becomes the head coach of the Memphis Tigers. Well, James James Wiseman goes to Memphis to play his to play college ball. The NCAA has ruled that because Penny Hardaway helped that family back before he was ever the coach, before he was ever involved, booster, anything, that this James was now ineligible to play because he received assistance. As an well, that's not entirely. They they classified Hardaway as a booster. Because I mean, he, he was gave, a booster. He gave a million dollars to build uh, something back in the day that they named after Okay. Him. So they consider okay. him a booster, but I don't care. Even still, I don't care if he gave. Uh, he didn't give this money directly to the kid, and it wasn't like the kid went out and bought smack with it or something. Yeah, the family, you know, the family move. Like, why can't they? I understand that they need to have some rules in place, but why can't they look at each case individually and go, okay, clearly, this was not an attempt. 
uh, to buy the player's family or, or, you know, that we gave a kid a job that he never went to, you know, or any of these kinds of things that you always hear about or, or under the table uh, earnings or any of this kind of thing. He just helped these people move. Uh, I just, uh, you know, the NCAA, you know, me, meanwhile, these guys are putting hundreds of millions of dollars into their pockets. I, I just don't know. At, at some point, you know, unless it's a direct, you know, he paid for his tuition or something like that. Otherwise, I don't care. If it has nothing to do with the school, which this doesn't, or the basketball team, which it doesn't, I just don't care. And these guys, they just got to get their noses into everything. I just was reading that now if, if he's declared ineligible, his high school has to give up their state championship. That's silly. That's just so silly. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just dumb. Yeah. Uh, but apparently then he was ruled eligible to play pending further legal proceedings. And he's playing now. Uh, Coach Hardaway's been playing him. So we'll have to wait and see what the verdict is because if they are winning, then there's if he's ruled ineligible. So we'll have to wait and see what uh, what the eventual rule is. All right. Now let's get to the what we named the episode afterward. After you uh, heard it from me and Mitchell Moore talking earlier, Dion Waiters was had to be uh, had a medical emergency on the team plane. Apparently, he took too many gummies, too many edibles, and was passed out when the plane landed. He had a seizure and was finally woken up. Is what the what was said on the plane. So he took one too many edibles. Good lord! How can a professional athlete like I realize that these guys are just people and they do these things? Like I'm, I'm not so naive to not think that professional athletes uh, partake of the ganja. Or other things, for that matter. But what kind of a moron? You know, at least if, you, if you're going to do those things, at least have the brains to, uh, you know, handle your high, as they say, you know. <laughs> what, what did he do? Get the munchies and then got the munchies from getting the munchies? An I don't know. Or, like, I mean, you've got to know. Or you should know. You should. What you, you know, he's a grown. How old is this guy? Do we know? Uh, waiters. I, I would, if I had to guess, I'd say he's close to my age. But so uh, hold not, on, I'll tell he's you. Not, he's not 19 or 20, so he's, he's no, old enough no, to. No, 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 no. Okay, he so is he's a, 27. 27. Okay, he's a little so bit younger at, than me. At 27 years old, you should uh, have uh, some idea of what your capabilities and limits are as far as. Uh, alcohol and marijuana and whatever else uh is is marijuana not on the banned substance list of the nba marijuana is but i think that was one of those uh thc uh like the the whole um the edibles the the marijuana edibles maybe the i'm gonna i'm the, gonna the have cannabis. to yeah, I'm gonna to have to say that I don't really know that much about this kind of stuff, so I'm I'm a little bit ignorant in the in the uh, like I, I assume that like when they tested for marijuana that that's the THC that they're looking for. Yeah, because that's that's what's bad, right? 
So if he if he was getting stoned off it, then I assume there was THC in the edibles. Yes? No? I mean, really there's no. I, I just I mean, assume. I'm not, okay, I'm gonna okay. We're gonna I'm gonna work on the assumption that that is true. Again, I, is, I don't know everything. He he should know that. And even if he doesn't, he, he you know you're playing with fire there, boy. Like you know, does, does he, is he looking to lose a million dollars like that other poor soul that we talked about last week? Like you'd think they've got to put him that he's got to be on the radar now. You would think. I mean, I, I don't know I mean, for sure. I don't know how the uh, what the uh, agreement between the NBA and the NBA Players Association is as far as drug testing or what they're what their drug uh, program involves. I don't really know, but I don't know, man. And then to do it, like, this isn't even like, you know, I mean, we had a couple of days off and I went home and yeah, I ate a few too many of those things. I, I had a moment. I'm doing it on the team, team flight. <laughs> yeah. So I don't... I don't know. It just, it just seems horribly irresponsible to me. So according to what I'm reading here on this, uh, this is from yardbooker.com. Um, Dieter's edible incident will wind up costing him over $2 million because he was suspended for 10 games and he had a $1.2 million in a bonus that he would get if he had been eligible for and played 70 games or more this season. So right. he's lost. It, it's looking like he's probably going to lose out on about $2 million just because he ate some uh, edible gummies, some pot so, gummies. So are these guys just dumb? Or are they ignorant, which for those of you who don't know the difference, look it up. Or do they not care? Do they make so much money that that means nothing to them? Because I don't know about you, Nate, but if if your employer told you that, uh, or if you knew, hey, I can't do this, and I'm going to lose a million dollars, two million dollars, as you said, mm-hmm. um, just because I, I can lose two, I can get two million dollars, or I can eat twenty edible gummies. What what's your pick? I you know, mean. That's a no-brainer, I would, isn't it? I would just I would take the money and then go buy some regular Haribo gummies myself. Well, or you know, if you really need to do the edible gummies, you can't you couldn't wait until you were, you know, like I said, when there's a break in the schedule or whatever yeah. else that you know during the summer. You, I mean, yeah, <laughs> something. I mean, maybe that's maybe I don't understand the culture there, but that makes absolutely no makes no sense to me whatsoever. And I don't know about you, but I know the value of a buck. And I'd sure like to have two million of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that one, Tim, for yeah. sure. Um, let's get back here. Let's do a few more, a few more news, uh, news stories here worth talking about. Uh, by the way, uh, PJ Tucker, if you're out there, uh, you are definitely going to be on Bush League next week. Oh my God, I just saw an update. It, what, it was uh, fantastic. Yeah. What did you think of the news out of L.A. that uh, Anthony Davis is going to do some load management? I'm not surprised. Um, if anybody needs it, it's him, uh, especially with his injury practice. Uh, and load right, management. I, 
I'm looking at it from the point of view that the, they're not allowed to, from what I understand, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure this, I've got it right. Um, you can't sit them if they're, if they're not legitimately injured. You can't yeah, apparently just, that's a rule, but I, I feel like the Clippers are getting away with it. So, right. I don't know. But, but now, what is, okay, so what is Anthony, Anthony Davis apparently is not playing tonight. What's his, uh, what's his injury? I couldn't tell you. And well, I, I'm I'm throwing it out there. What what's his injury, and what injury does he have that uh, he will be recovered in a day? Once again, I couldn't tell you. But I, <laughs> it seems it seems very strange to me the whole thing. Um, I don't. It know. is. I mean, I I just either either they can do whatever they want with their players or they can't. It, it, one of the two. I I I don't know how I feel about. You know, they, it says the story here says he had x-rays on his ribs, but they came back negative. Okay, so then what's wrong with him? Ah. He, just needs a, he just needs a rest. Yeah, apparently. So that seems to not, be what, what's going on. I mean, the Lakers have got no bench anyway. Why don't they just put him, why don't they just have him sit out there and cheerlead? <laughs> Again, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, well, um, I, I know this is sixty minutes, and I ask the tough questions. But you do, I mean, you do. I just, I just don't understand. I mean, I don't get it. I, I really don't. It's, it's a, it's an interesting situation, and I, I get what they're doing, but at the same time, I get why the league wants the players to play. So it, it's kind of a fine line. Uh, another piece of news: Chris Middleton, Bucks All Star forward. Chris Middleton is going to miss several weeks with a left leg. Injury, no serious damage done to the leg, but he will be out several weeks due to that injury. So that's going to hurt the Bucks a little bit. We'll see how they handle that. There are uh, uh, there's a lot of guys going down this year. Yeah, I mean, not major injuries like this one here. Eric Gordon uh, will need surgery on his knee. That's going to put him out a month. Gordon is gathering more information uh, before a final decision will be made. But, yeah, Eric Gordon looks like he's going to be out for at least a month for the Rockets. Uh, Paul George is actually expected to make his franchise debut during the road trip. Um, I'm actually not, I'm going to see if he played tonight. And if so, I'm not like I had the game on in the other room, but I can't see the television from here. So I'm not sure if he actually uh, did play tonight. It doesn't, doesn't seem like he did. No, he has not played tonight. So he will probably play tomorrow. I believe they have a back-to-back, and they are playing New Orleans tomorrow. They are. They will play New Orleans tomorrow, likely to see Paul George play tomorrow for the first time this season. So that'll be interesting to see when George comes back. And they are actually beating the Rockets right now, um, are the uh, the Clippers. But, Tim, before we go, we got to talk about this. This is the last thing I have down on my notes. Um, how about Evansville beating oh. the University oh. of Kentucky? Now, I have got no issue with the University of Kentucky. Um, not, a, not a fan, not a hater. But you have got to love when a small school takes on the Goliath in their backyard. Or was it? It was, it was in Evansville, wasn't it? Um, no, it was, in, was, it was in Rupp was Arena. It in, was it in Rupp? Okay, so that just, that's just salt in the wound. 
Um, I'm almost certain it was in Rupp Arena. I'm pretty sure it was. I don't see why I Kentucky mean, would be going to Evansville. True enough. Uh, all I know, I didn't see that. I saw the highlights, and even I kind of went, boy, those guys, like, they just don't look like they care. Yeah, like, it, it was in it was in Rupp Arena in Lexington. Yeah, and then they woke up and realized, oh damn, we're running, uh, we're running out of time, and uh, we ain't gonna win this thing. And they didn't. Um, as I said, there, there. I, I think we talked about it off air. Uh, one of the guys that follows that team on, for I don't know if it was the ESPN or whoever it was, said he had never seen such a lack of effort in 40 years of covering Kentucky basketball, that it was that bad. Uh, I don't know if you choke that up to attitude. Is that on the coach? Uh, I don't know who uh, Kentucky had next on their schedule. Did somebody look past <laughs> past this game to a bigger one? or <laughs> Somebody did something, I'll tell you that. Somebody, <laughs> somebody did something because there's no way uh, – Kentucky should ever be losing. I mean, no offense to Evansville, but they should not be losing that game. And I don't, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> not good for Kentucky. That's all I can say. No, no. I have a friend who uh, we were talking today about the game, and he told me a guy he went to high school with was on the University of uh, Evansville. So I was like, oh, that's neat. So uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, to have something like that. That's the first time Evansville had ever beaten a uh, a number one ranked team in the history of the school. Oh, you got to love it. I mean, it, it's good for I – mean, we talk about it other days about other sports. It's good for sports every once in a oh, while yeah. for, for David to slay Goliath. It, it's always good. It, it hurts no one. No, it doesn't. The only person hurt actual- this week – the only people hurt this week was Dion Waiters. And you know why Dion Waiters was hurt this week, Tim? Enlighten uh, uh, me. Well, you know, he took the edible. You know why he took it, though? Because he had something. He had a... Uh... That's right. He had a constant craving. Wonder if Katie would roll over knowing we're playing her song in the uh, in the salute to edibles. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we're not topping that, ladies and gentlemen. So let's no. call the show. <laughs> well, actually, I had one more thing to bring up. All right, go ahead. Um, and probably we need to maybe uh, find someone who's a lot smarter than we are. Uh, I was reading an article about uh, one of the, the unknown silent problems in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Now, immediately your brain goes to alcohol or drugs or gambling or those kinds of things. Actually, right? the first thing my brain jumped to was uh, depression and mental health. Well, the, 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 I guess one of the biggest problems in the NBA is uh, players are suffering from lack of sleep. Yeah, they do, I can see they that. Not, they do not get enough rest uh, 
that uh, chronic sleep loss is a, a humongous problem in the NBA. And that, you know, when we and now when we stop to think about it, we ask about, oh, well, you know, why did that guy do that dumb thing, or why do these guys look like zombies out on the court sometimes? <laughs> maybe that's yeah. why. You know, maybe that's well, the back to backs, the back to backs are an issue, and a lot the of travel, travel, a lot of getting into hotels yeah. at three a.m. Yeah. and then having to be it's back up sleep. early. And I mean, you know as well as I do, sleeping in a strange place is a big problem for a lot of people. It you is. Know, you don't. You don't rest as well, and then these guys are draining themselves. They're, they're, you know, physically giving it all, or they're supposed to be anyway. Uh, they don't eat yeah. right. A lot, of, a lot of them don't eat right. They got a lot of money. They like to go out. You know, it's kind yeah. of given. You know, and that sort of thing. And they're not getting enough rest, which to me seems like you know that's an easy fix. You would think, but apparently not. It's something to think about. It is. It is. That's an interesting point to bring up. So uh, we'll keep an eye on it. And we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens we'll here. But we'll have to talk. We can talk to our local, uh, our, our uh, not our local, our uh, our uh, expert on sleep, Tom Robinson. <laughs> I'll tell you who's not an expert on sleep. That's me. But yeah, all right, ladies. Unless you talked to me that one day, I fell asleep and slept fourteen hours, <laughs> but wasn't supposed to. Anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for Wide Men Can't Jump tonight. Another fun show, jam-packed. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope it wasn't too out there for you. We like to have too much fun here sometimes. But uh, a lot of serious sports talk, too, though. So I I enjoyed this episode. I had fun. Hey, Nate. Yeah. We're now a year and a half ahead of that other podcast. We won't get into that, but thanks everybody for listening. You can find us at all the usual places, iTunes, Podcast, That Exists, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio. Oh, quick update. Patreon, the Bobby Blaze interview part one has been uploaded for all Patreons. And let me tell you what, it's basically Bobby talking to you guys because Tim and I don't say much. So head on over two bucks listen in it's a can't miss interview and it's part one there's going to be a part two possibly a part three coming soon i see we should have took the over in the celtics wizards game right yeah we really should have but either way and uh if you wanted an update on fantasy football the wide man fantasy football league uh nate sucks everyone in canada is doing all right so there's your update Uh, we might have some more time to dive into it next week probably uh we'll probably have some kind of a pick'em show uh hopefully yeah, well, people. we'll see what we can do this week. I don't know if he'll be part of it, but maybe we can get Sideshow Jeff back on. Well, we'll see. Jeff did pretty good last week, so he who did. knows? He did. So he's All right. So, uh, as well. Holy shit, Nate. I made it through a whole show without getting booted. You did. I'm proud. That's awesome. Yeah, damn. Wow. Hey, things are looking up. And uh, make sure you check us out everywhere you can find us at and give our sponsors some love. And, Tim, anything else before we get out of here? You know what? No. I'm going to let go this week. No no Tom Robinson stories this week. All right. Well, in all that, as Tom Robinson would say, big thanks. Big shout. Go ahead. Go ahead. I should have said. No, go ahead. Big big shout out to uh, Danielle. (laughs) You know who I'm talking to. Your husband's a hoser. Your husband is a hoser. (laughs) He wears a toque and he can take off, eh? Uh, Yeah. And, uh, of course, uh, as always, big kudos to Armando and uh, 
I have to say our number one fan, uh, Ed Boggs, who we make fun of every week, and he laughs and has a good time, and what a guy. That's all I'm going to say. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of a great guy, Tex Johnson, our new profile picture on uh, Twitter right now. Our, he made a logo for us, Tex Johnson, uh, <laughs> the man from the Bell to Bell Bobby Blaze podcast. Thank you, Tex, so much for that. I, I love it. I have to add that my wife thought it was absolutely hilarious that I know a man named Tex. <laughs> well, so that's not a, that ain't a thing up here. Yeah, yeah, Canadians. Yeah. Everybody up there is named like Bob and Doug. But we anyway, don't anybody, we don't have anybody named Edmonton up here. Yeah, Alberta. You know, we don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Tex. I love it though. Great, no nice Saskatchewan's. A lot of Regina's though. Nah. And on that note, and on that note, we're gonna say good night. All right, everybody. To quote Tom, peace. Thanks for listening to this broadcast on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. You can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash wide men can't jump for more exclusive content only available to our Patreon members. You can find this program and others like it on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and more. Just search Wide Men Can't Jump. Thanks to our sponsors, the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com. StripCamFun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, located at Facebook.com slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, and Stay Classy Meats, where you can check them out at StayClassyMeats.com and use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Follow us on Twitter at WideJump, and be sure to keep up with all the content that's being posted there. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Wide Men Radio Network.